So I'm glad to have you with me here this morning. Um, I, I really just want to glorify God in everything we do. And so as we start this invested series, what, we, what, what I really want to get to you is that you are a part of, of what God is doing in the world around you. God is doing something, God is working, and we get to be a part of it. And so in this invested series, I really want every single one of us, every single one of us to understand that we have a part in this. And so I'm going to start with this simple idea, but I need you to catch this. For this to work, we all have to catch this idea, and that's this. We are all investors. Every single one of us invests what we have. Every single one of us. Now, we typically think of investment as a financial thing. I put my money in stocks or in this or in a house or something like that. That's typically how we think of investing. That, that's not exactly what we're talking about. We are all, in, some of you are sitting there saying, I've got no money, I, I can't be an investor. But we all invest in things. See, you invest your time. I don't know about you, um, but every week, I get a little notification, I don't even know what day it is, but I get this notification on my phone that tells me my screen time report. Do you guys get that? And it says that this week you averaged this much time a day looking at your screen. That reminds me that I invest my time every single day. All week, I have time that I'm investing in. Some of it I invest in family. Some of it I invest in sports. Some of it I invest in work. Some of it I invest in, in people. And unfortunately, too much of it I invest in a screen. I think that's probably true for a lot of us. You invest your time. You, you invest your energy. This is another thing that, that um, maybe I didn't have this issue as much when I was a teenager. But now we've started playing open gym basketball again on Tuesday nights, and if I go to open gym basketball and I play, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I haven't played more than two games yet this year because <laughs> I get tired so quick. But like if I do that, that's my energy, and that takes away from energy I have to do other things. And you're like, man, that guy's really out of shape. You invest your energy. You invest your money. Another thing that I, I was sitting at a party yesterday and I was talking to some people and, and, and I'm, I'm just going to admit something to you this morning. I think I've admitted this before, but I can have, I'm a little bit of an addict when it comes to collecting things. So if there's something that I decide that, that I'm going to collect, I will just buy way too many things like that. And so one of them is like our, my kids. If my kids are into a toy, I... I love collecting those with my kids, and so I'm at the store, and I'm like, well, hey, it's just a few bucks. I'll grab one of these things. And the other day, we were cleaning out the basement, and, and I went through all of these monster trucks that my kids don't even touch anymore. I've invested, and I thought, I've invested a lot of money in these monster trucks that nobody even touches. Another thing, this is a little bit ridiculous, I've invested some money in jerseys. How many times have you seen me wear a jersey? If you've seen me wear a jersey, raise your hand. <laughs> Look around and see the hand. Raise your hand again. All right, so in my closet, I have bought a lot of sports jerseys. And do you know how often I wear sports jerseys? Never. Never. But good news, today, it's the Super Bowl. 
And so I get to wear a football jersey. And because I'm addicted to buying things that I don't really need, I actually have a Chiefs jersey and a 49ers jersey. So I'm guaranteed to have the winner's jersey on tonight. Take them both, switch when I need to, right? And so we're all investing your time, your energy, your money. You are investing. But this series, I want to talk about the greatest investment, the most important investment that you have, and it's not into a screen, and it's not on a basketball court, and it's not financial. The greatest investment you have is in other people. Every day, with your energy, with your time, with your money, with everything you have, you have the opportunity every day to invest in other people. And I, and I love this series and I love this message because this is true for every single person in this room. There is not a person in this room that is too young to invest their time and there's not a person in this room that's too old to invest their time. And the best way we can invest our time is in others. And if, our, if we're going to make an investment in others, the best investment you can make in someone else is to point them to Jesus. I really believe this. Listen, I, I've had a lot of people invest in me through the years, whether it was financially, whether it was spending time with me and energy, whatever it was, I've had a lot of people invest in me. The greatest investment you can make in somebody else's life is to, to point them to Jesus. Because that investment is eternal. It's not monster trucks that later you're going to look at and say, those are worthless, I don't even use those. It's not jerseys that are going to sit in your closet. If you invest your time pointing people to Jesus, you are making a difference in eternity. You are building the kingdom. And so the greatest investment you can make is in others. So in this series... We're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians. This is Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica, and we're going to learn from one of the greatest investors ever. One of the greatest investors ever. We think of Bill Gates, we think of different rich people, but one of the greatest investors ever is Paul, who wrote a lot of our scripture. And so we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians, and, and what happens here is Paul and Silas traveled to Thessalonica, they went there, and then actually we see this story in Acts 17, they went there and they invested in the people in the church. So let, I'm just going to read this to you, you can listen, it's not going to be on the screen, but this is Acts chapter 17. It says, when Paul and his companions had, had passed through An Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went in, into the synagogue, and on three days, and, I'm sorry, on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. And so what we see here is Paul, one of the greatest investors ever, he's traveling around because he's known as one of the greatest missionaries. He's traveling around and he comes to Thessalonica and what we see here is that the first thing he is concerned to do when he gets to Thessalonica is to go preach the word of God, to go invest in people. I, I don't know what what your first priority is when you go somewhere or when you, when you move to a new place or when you start a new job or when you, 
whatever it is, when you come into a new situation. But for Paul, he understood that the greatest investment he could make was to point people to Jesus. So everywhere he went, the first thing he did was invested in people. Why is that? Well, it's because God had so radically changed his life that he couldn't help but share it with others. Paul had been Saul. He had been a, a terrible, horrible person that had hurt other people and had tried to fight the gospel, and God radically changed his life. And so from that point on, he would give everything to invest in the kingdom by investing in others. When he went to a new place, he didn't start by getting security, by establishing work relationships, by taking care of himself. He started by pouring into others, being all about the kingdom. Man, I just want to stop here and say that is my prayer for us as a church, that we wouldn't be about ourselves and about our security and about our wealth or any of that stuff, but that our number one focus, what we are called to do, is to invest in the kingdom by investing in others, preaching the gospel. Man, we come here together, we worship, we're lifted up, and when we go, we have the opportunity to invest in the kingdom, to invest in others. That's my prayer for us. And this isn't, I, I think as Christians, sometimes we look at sharing the gospel, we look at investing in people as a part of what we do. You know, we, we worship, we, we have the building, we take care of the church, we do all of these different things, and then we really need to work on our, our investing in others. But that is exactly what we are called to do with all of our energy, with everything we have to pour into others. And so that's my prayer today through this series, that we will understand that we are all investors and that each and every one of us will make it our goal, make it our passion to invest in others and point them to Jesus. There is no better way you can spend your time, there's no better way you can spend your energy, and there's no better way you can spend your money than pointing people to Jesus. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians. We're going to look at chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. And it's going to be up on the screen. You can follow along. Paul says this, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power with the holy spirit and deep conviction you know how we lived among you for your sake you became imitators of us and of the lord for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the holy spirit and so you became a model to all believers in macedonia and achaia the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not say, have to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and, 
and, and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rec- rescues us from the coming wrath. And so Paul is writing this letter. He had spent some time in Thessalonica. He hadn't spent much time. When Paul went to Thessalonica and started preaching the word in the synagogue, it started to ruffle some feathers. And so he wasn't able to stay there that long. He had to leave because he was unsafe. But, but this is him writing a letter back, and he says, I thank God for what's happening in your life. I want us to look at this, because if, if we are all investors, and if our best investment is into others' lives, and if the best way we can invest in others' lives is by pointing them to Jesus, I think Paul shows us some really important things that we need to model our lives and our investments after. First off, He starts by saying, we pray for you always. We thank God for you. Listen, this all starts with prayer. This all starts with us coming before God and saying, God, give us a heart for others. Give us the strength to invest in others. And so right away, you can see his love and his care for others because he writes this letter and he says, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, I'm thankful for you. And then we get into verse four and five. And it says, we know that you have been chosen because our gospel came came not just with words, but with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And then it says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. And so I want to start by asking a simple question. We all know we're supposed to share the gospel, right? We all, can you nod your head so I know you're awake? Feel it. Thank you. All right, three of you are awake. Thank you. Thank you, you three. Um, We know that we're supposed to invest ourselves in others. We know that we're supposed to share the gospel, right? Why don't we do it? Think about it. Why don't we do it? Why is it that way too often the church is not booming, but either staying the same, maybe slightly growing, or even declining? The reason is because it's just a side thing of what we do. It's not our heart's cry to see others' lives changed It's not our heart's intention to point everyone to Jesus. And I'm not trying to be a downer today. I'm not not trying to, to step on toes or anything like that. But I really believe that we've got to catch a passion to share the gospel with others. Not just to occasionally carry our Bible so someone knows we're a Christian. Not just to walk up and say, I'll pray for you and walk away. But to invest our time, our energy, our money, everything we have and to pointing people to Jesus. Man, I really believe this. I 100% believe that if our passion, if every one of us in this room, our passion today, tomorrow, the next day, was to go and whoever we interacted with, show them Jesus and bring them, and, and show them the gospel and bring them to Christ. I believe that God's gonna do incredible things. And so I'm not trying to be a downer. Because the reasons that we don't invest, I think, are these. It's scary. How many of you think it's a little bit scary to go up and invest in someone? To tell them about Jesus? To to share your faith? 
I think sometimes we don't feel worthy. I'm not good enough. I'll leave that to the super Christians because I don't know that I'm really in the place to invest. Or maybe we don't think we can really make a difference. I mean, what's the point? It doesn't seem like it's working. And I'm just, I'm just going to really be transparent with you. I've been trying to invest in people. I've been trying to share my faith. And last night, I, I, last night I sent some text messages to some friends that I've been investing in. And I stepped back and I thought for a second, what am I doing? Is it really going to work? Am I wasting my time because it doesn't seem like there's going to be a change here? Am I wasting my energy and time investing in people that maybe won't, won't come to Jesus? I'm just being real with you. That, I, that was a momentary thing last night. And then I caught myself and I read the scripture. And I want you to hear these words from verse 5 and 6 again. It says this, the gospel came not just with words, but it came with power. It came with the Holy Spirit. It came with conviction. Do you hear that? The reasons that we're scared to invest is because it's difficult. We don't know the outcome. We don't think we're good enough, but I want you to understand that you have the opportunity to share the hope of Christ with every person you see, and when you share it, it's not just your words. It's not just you, but the power of the gospel. The gospel changes lives. God's love and God's hope and God's peace change lives. We can't be scared to share the greatest thing in our life. Because it has power. Why does it have power? Because the Holy Spirit is at work. And so when you share your faith, when you share the gospel, when you, when you love others and invest in others, it's not just you. It's the very Spirit of God moving and working. And it may be 30 years of investing and you think nothing's happening and you think you're wasting your time. But God's at work. And what we see here is Paul says, I invested in you. I preached the word to you. And, and it wasn't just me. It was power. It was the Holy Spirit. It was great conviction. And lives were changed. Listen, do not buy the lie that you can't make a difference with your investment. Do not buy the lie that this world is just too gone and too messed up and they can't change and there's no point. That is a lie. That is a lie. We have something to invest. I don't care how rich or poor, old or young, I don't care what you're into. You have something to invest because the God of the universe has invested and loved you and given you a calling to share that love and that hope with others. So we can't buy that lie. We have to share the gospel. You can invest confidently because you're investing with the power of the almighty God. And so, so verse five is so important though. I don't want us to miss this. And this is something that when we're looking at what Paul did, this is so important to this text. It says, <clears throat> let, me, let me go get it so I don't mess it up. It says, 
Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. And then listen to this line. You know how we lived among you for your sake. See, that last line, I didn't really talk about it. Conviction. Paul says, you know how we lived among you. It's not just, you know what we told you. You know that we preached at you. Paul says, you know how we lived among you. This is huge, and I I really believe that this is part of our problem too. Is that we like to preach the word or share our faith, but are we backing it up with the way that we live? Paul says, I didn't just preach to you, I showed you the gospel with the way I acted, with the way I talked, with the way I lived. You didn't just hear the word, you saw the word in me. Here's the thing, when we combine preaching the gospel with living the gospel, people are drawn to Jesus. If we will combine preaching the gospel, sharing our faith, talking about our faith, with living our faith in a tangible, real way that people can see, people will be drawn to Jesus. I promise. I've seen it over and over again. And so the way you live is the proof of what you preach. The gospel lived in you is proof of the gospel that you share with others. The testimony of your lives backs up the testimony of your lips. This is so important. And if we will get this right, I want, to, I want this to be good news today. I want you to understand that God has entrusted you with something that you can share with others. And we all want to make a difference, right? We all want to we all want to save the planet. We all want to save, I, want to, I don't want to make jokes, but we want to save the sea turtles, right? We want the world to be a better place. None of us wants to leave this world having made it worse, right? Nod your head. The best thing you have to invest is to change people's lives by preaching the gospel and living the gospel. You can change, we in this room can change this community and the world around us if we'll be faithful to pray, to share our faith, and to live our faith in a way that we can say, you didn't just hear it, you saw it. I'll never forget, I know I, I, I used to hate when pastors told the same stories over and over again, but I got to tell you this one again. When I was looking at colleges, I was checking out several different colleges, and I went to their religion departments, and and I said, tell me about your religion department, and several different colleges, they told me all about their great teachers, and their great programs, and who had written what book, and all of these great things, and then I went to Treveca, it was in the hometown where I lived, and I sat down with Tim Green, who was the um, the dean of religion there at Treveca, and, and he told me all that good stuff, you know, you know this, and you know this, and then he said, but listen, let me pray with you because I want you to be where God wants you to be. Man, you could tell me all you want about the great writings. You can tell me all you want about the great professors. But when I see the faith lived out in your office in a recruitment visit, guess where I went to school? Treveca. I wanted to follow that guy because I could see the gospel at work in his life. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this. Who has had the biggest impact on your life? 
Think about it in your head right now. Who has had the biggest impact on your life? Now let me ask you this. Was it their words or was it how they lived? How they treated you? How, it's, how they, it's how they acted and lived. There's an old proverb that says, people will follow your footsteps quicker than they will follow your advice. Way too often, we're giving advice and advice and advice, but people will follow our footsteps quicker than they will follow our advice. See, we say things a lot like, do as I say, not as I do. Or even, hey, follow Jesus. Don't worry about me, follow Jesus. And Paul's not saying, follow Jesus. Don't worry about what I'm doing, follow Jesus. Paul says, you can follow Jesus by following me. That, this is huge. It, we shouldn't be scared to say, follow me because I'm following Jesus. If we're scared to say that, there's something wrong. Because we're not just called to tell people about Jesus, it's our job to be like Jesus. And when we are living like Christ and sharing Christ with others, the gospel is going to be at work and the power and the Holy Spirit and lives are going to be changed. Man, we got this, we've got a great calling this morning. And that's what Paul was all about. Paul said, you heard me, but more importantly, you saw me. And guess what the result was? Lives were changed. They went into a place that was all about idol worship. We think our world is bad. We think stuff around our world. We think hatred and, and social media can get ugly, and they can. This is nothing new. Thessalonica was not a place that was holy and righteous. It was, it was a rough place, and, and ingrained in them was idol worship selfishness, things like that. And Paul and Silas went in and they preached the gospel and they lived the gospel just for a short time. And the power of the Spirit was at work and it changed lives. The people that accepted Christ and started following Christ from Thessalonica, they had to give up a ton all of their life was built around this idol worship. And so when they turned from idols to Jesus... All of a sudden, their whole program, their whole life changed. Most of them were probably alienated from their family. They were looked down on. They were, they were even persecuted for their faith. Sometimes we think people are, are too far to be changed, but Paul and Silas went in and they preached and they lived the gospel and lives were changed. And they're writing back this letter saying, I thank God for what God has done in you. Because God worked. And so, so I think a lot of times we, we worry about, another reason we worry about is just we, we think we can't make a difference. That third thing, we can't make a difference. This is proof that God works. God is more powerful than the forces of evil that are holding people back. We need to invest confidently. Look at verse 6 through 10. It says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. So Paul and Cyrus... Silas invested themselves, preached the word, lived the word, lives were changed, and it shook 
the whole area. Listen, people are talking about us. When I say us, I mean the church. People are talking about us. You know that, right? You know that people talk about what we do and how we live. Just this week, I read an article that talked about how the Sunday morning church crowd is the most obnoxious, rude crowd at the restaurants on Sundays. I'm not talking about you guys, obviously. You guys, you guys are going to eat here today at the dinner, right? And you're going to be polite. And I know you guys are always really generous, and you're always really kind. But I, and I don't say that to condemn us. I'm just saying people are talking about what the church is doing. People are talking about how we live our lives. When we live for Christ, people see it. And when we don't, people see it. And so we have, to, we have to be invested in the gospel. If people think we're about ourselves and our popularity and our, our security and our fame and our wealth, how are we any different? People should see Jesus in us. And so, so we are all investors the best investment you can make is in relationships. The best way you can invest in your relationships is to point people to Jesus. The number one goal in our relationships should be to see God transform lives. So I want to wrap up today in the beginning of this series by just telling you, you are important to this. Every single one of you has something to offer the kingdom. God has invested his love, his grace, his mercy, his hope in you. And you have a part to play in this. You have time. You have energy. Some of you more energy than others. You have money. Some of you more money than others. You have relationships. And you are called to invest in the kingdom by investing in others. So three things. How can I invest? Number one, invest intentionally. This takes intentionality. If you're going to invest in others, we saw, he said, we pray for you continually. One of the reasons that prayer is so great is because God is powerful and God works. Another reason is it focuses us on what we need to do. When I pray for somebody every week, I'm thinking of them through the week, and I'm more intentional. And so we need to intentionally invest in others. You need to say, when I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to make a difference by preaching the gospel and living the gospel. Number two, invest the gospel. Way too often, I'm just good at being a friend, and I'm not very good at pointing people to Jesus. We need to invest the gospel by pointing people to Jesus. And number three, don't just invest your actions, I mean your words. Invest your life, your actions. So pull out your bulletin. If you've got a bulletin, pull it out. I need to see you do this. I'm not leaving until you pull out your bulletin. <laughs> Thank you. On the back of the bulletin, You'll see there's a little graph thing that we made, and, and really we just want to make this as practical and as easy for you to focus on this week as we possibly can. And so this isn't some be-all, end-all, perfect formula that's going to help you do this. This is just a tool that we thought might help you intentionally invest in others this week. So you'll see on that, um, I, I need a copy of one of those. Jay, run me up that copy. 
Jay doesn't have a bulletin now, so he'll have it back in a minute. So you'll see on this, it says, this week I am investing in blank. I want you to think of one person, two people, three people, and I want you to write their names right here this week. And I want you to say, I'm going to intentionally invest in these people. Then there's, here is how I'm going to invest. I want you to think about, how am I going to invest in these people this week? How am I going to point them to Jesus? I want you to write some things in that, that spot. And then we have this, this is just a little system. We have an investment tracker, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there's just a one to five. And basically what I want you to do, this is just to keep you focused. I want you to kind of every day think about, did I point them to Jesus? Did I model Christ-likeness for them? Was I intentional? And I want you to just kind of score where you're at. Let me, let me show you how this might work. So we'll say I'm investing um, in, in, my, in my buddy Eli, my oldest son. So Monday, so it's Sunday, right? I'm preaching, everything's good. I just preached a sermon, I should be pretty focused. So Monday, I'm gonna do pretty well, right? I'm focused, I'm being intentional. I'm saying, Eli, I want to point you to Jesus, so I'm going to have some conversations that are going to point him to Jesus, and it's, I'm doing good, four and a half, that's pretty good, but then Tuesday hits, and I'm not saying this is what should happen, I'm just saying this is, this is how this might work, Tuesday hits, and I have a bad day. Somebody yells at me in staff meeting, Jay yells at me. <laughs> Something happens. I have a rough day, and all of a sudden, I don't really feel like being intentional and investing, and, and maybe my attitude when I get home isn't so much Christ-like, and maybe, maybe I'm mad at Jay, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt Jay, right? <laughs> and so Tuesday, I don't do so well. But see, I want you to look at this, because I, I did well so Monday, I was focused, but then Tuesday, I had a rough day, and I blew it. But then Wednesday, if I see I had a rough day Tuesday, and if I'm looking at this, and I'm intentional about investing in Eli, then Wednesday, I should be able to focus and bump it up. Hopefully a little bit higher than that. But maybe today I was intentional, I, but I didn't fully live it. And you can go on through the week. I'm not going to go through every day. But the goal is that this will help you every single day focus on intentionally investing in the relationships around you. I want you to pick one, two, three, and I want you to write how you're going to do it. And every day I want you to look and I want you to say, this is what I'm going to, I want this graph to be at the top. Five, or let's even go up to uh, six up there. It's not even listed. And every day, I want you to intentionally invest in others. I want you to invest the gospel by sharing Christ. It doesn't have to be a sermon that you preach. It doesn't have to be fancy words. Just, just tell them about what God's done in your life. And then number three, I want you to live the gospel. The band's going to come up here at the end and we're going to sing a song together. But, but I really want you to be praying as this service ends. God, put some people on my heart. It could be, your, could be your, your kids. It could be a coworker. It could be someone that you run into regularly. I want, to, I want to encourage you that you have something to give. You are an investor, and you're not just investing with your limited power. You have the power of the Almighty God and the Holy Spirit at work behind you. And so if we will intentionally invest and share Christ with others, and if we will live the gospel. I believe God's going to do great things. I really believe that God's doing great things now and God's going to do great things. There are great things to come in this community, in this church, and in your lives. Father,
we love you today. I thank you for each person that's here. But Lord, I know that there's a lot of people outside the walls of this church that are, are not living with the life that you offer. There's a lot of people outside the walls of this church that are slaves to sin and death and sickness. And Father, you have given us the awesome calling to be a light to the world around us. So help us to be intentional. Put people's names and faces on our heart right now and help us to live your truth, to share your hope with others this week. Amen.